escape the dignity of time. Believe it, here sleeps the most beautiful skeleton, a soul lingering around moon. Under the cool shadow of a banyan tree, his last year. Listening to Radio Taiwan International. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. What's this all about? Why are they doing that? What's going on here? It's Curious John. What is he curious about today? Incense is an important part of religious life in Taiwan. Anyone who spends time in Taiwan will become familiar with its scent, floating out from temples and from private family altars. What many people don't know about incense, though, is that it has another aesthetic side. Incense has never just been about religion; it's long been savored for its own sake by connoisseurs and lit by refined persons to calm the mind. Veteran incense maker Chen Wenzhong knows both these sides of incense. And as the religious use of incense lessens somewhat, he's turned to promoting incense as an art form. At his Xingang Incense Artistic Culture Garden in Taiwan South, visitors can learn all about incense and how it's made, but also how it's appreciated. Today, Mr. Chen will be giving us an inside look at Taiwan's incense and at the culture garden he's built around it. He'll also be sharing his journey into the world of incense. Here in East Asia, the enjoyment of incense was considered an art form as early as Imperial China's Song Dynasty. That's the 10th to 13th centuries we're talking about. Mr. Chen says that incense can still be used in our lives today, just as it was back then. Now, as then, it can be a relaxing accompaniment to tea, conversation, and even reading. The art of incense he advocates, though, is not a traditional one. His way of enjoying incense is just to light some without any old rules or ceremonies. As he sees it, incense is simply meant to be enjoyed. The incense found in Taiwan comes in a variety of shapes. The most common ones you'll see are stick-shaped incense and coiled incense. Though if you browse the culture garden shop, you'll find that these days some people are making incense in more interesting shapes—heart shapes and four-leaf clovers, for example. Mr. Chen says that the typical coil-shaped incense is especially versatile because it can serve both religious and non-religious purposes. What goes into incense? Mr. Chen says that when it comes to ingredients, incense can be divided into four categories. First, there's incense that uses essential oils. Then there's incense that uses medicinal herbs. Finally, there are two more kinds of incense that use fragrant woods: sandalwood and agarwood. 
The last three of these categories, herbal incense and incense made with wood, are the most common kinds you'll find in Taiwan today. Most of the fragrant materials used are sourced from outside of Taiwan. The herbs generally come from mainland China, while the fragrant wood comes from Southeast Asia. A lot of work goes into a single stick of incense. Mr. Chen says the amount of work involved and the fact that the incense industry isn't booming mean that few young people take up incense making. A shortage of workers has forced some producers to mechanize their production, at least partially. But most incense sold in Taiwan today is still made the old-fashioned way, by hand. There are nine steps to incense making, some of which have to be repeated several times. The sticks need to be soaked in water several times, and they also have to be rolled around several times in the powdered incense ingredients. Eventually, nice thick layers of the powder will get caked on to the sticks, and they can be left to dry out in the sun, a step that's also repeated twice in the process. It's traditional to dye the bottom of the incense stick, the exposed part you pick up with your hand, with different colors. If you pick up an incense stick at a Taiwanese temple, you may notice some red smudges afterwards on your fingers, red dye that's rubbed off on your hands. These days, though, Mr. Chen says, some makers leave the wood its natural color, saving themselves at least one step in a complicated process. Mr. Chen never planned to get into the incense business. Really, the incense business came and found him. In 1988, he was just finishing up his mandatory military service. He expected he'd go back to his hometown to farm when he got out. His father had passed away recently, and he needed a way to support himself quickly. A commander and mentor figure told Mr. Chen not to go take up farming. This colonel also had an incense factory, and he invited Mr. Chen to study the art of incense making with him. Most apprentices there took more than three years to master incense making. But Mr. Chen needed income, and he completed his study in just three months. After that, he got permission from his mentor to go home and start his own factory, helping supply his mentor's customers. What he didn't expect was that just six months later, his mentor closed up shop. Mr. Chen ended up with his biggest customer. Mr. Chen just went with the flow, and eventually he'd picked up other customers too. Incense was now his full-time job. Some years in, though, cheap competition from across the Taiwan Strait meant that Taiwan was no longer a viable place to make incense. Making incense here just cost too much. So in 1997, he set up shop in China, selling his wares back to Taiwan. Still, the incense business became harder and harder. And in 2004, Mr. Chen decided to change directions. Back in Taiwan, he took a course on creative marketing, a course he says has breathed new life into other traditional industries as well. Mr. Chen got an idea from this course, a park that could tell the story of incense, show how it's made, and show its place in people's lives. 
after a few years of planning, his park became a reality. The Xingang Incense Garden opened in 2008. Mr. Chen's old customer base of wholesalers and religious goods shops is still around. But concerns about incense's impact on health and air quality have led to efforts to limit its religious use. Mr. Chen disapproves of official campaigns that he says unfairly equate incense with pollution. But he says in some places the religious use of incense is down. This is especially true, he says, in Taiwan's urbanized north. Thanks to the park and its website, though, Mr. Chen says he's now getting more and more orders from new sources, tourists and online shoppers who are just curious about incense. These new customers are interested in Mr. Chen's idea of everyday incense, incense that you can casually light around the house for a calming effect. This is where much of Mr. Chen's focus is today. What can visitors to the incense culture park expect to see? There is, of course, an exhibition hall filled with much of what we've covered today. Incense's history, its uses, ingredients, and production. There's also a space with regular demonstrations, showing things like the steps in the incense-making process. Outdoors, there's a space where incense is dried. And there's also an outdoor garden that grows many of the herbs used in making incense. In his hometown, in southern Taiwan's Jiayi County, Mr. Chen has achieved his dream. At his incense park, visitors can not only come to understand incense, they can also slow down and take the time to admire its layers and subtleties, an art of incense hundreds of years old that still has its devotees in Taiwan today. I'm Curious John, and I'll see you again next week. The Sound of the Puyuma Tribe on Radio Taiwan International. Lights, camera, Asia. A look at Asian culture and history through the lens of cinema. Hello and welcome back to Lights, Camera, Asia. I'm Jake Chen. Now, if I ask you about your impression on teenage movies, what are the first things that come to your mind? I bet that at some point you'd think of a young, good-looking cast and a light-hearted storyline. And in a lot of cases, that might ring true since it has become the de facto formula for this kind of movies. 
having these elements make the movie much more bankable. As in, they make it easy for the marketing department to attract more attention, which understandably bring more audience and leads to a bigger success at the box office. In Taiwan, teen movies and television series hold an especially important place in the industry. It is one of the very few cultural exports that the island has to offer. Taiwanese idol drama is actually very famous, not just within Taiwan but throughout Asia in some, and in some other parts of the world as well. These television series have, well you've guessed it, young, attractive cast, uh, a rather melodramatic plot, and some of the series have been purchased by television networks in China, Japan, South Korea, and even countries in Latin America. The dramatic yet rather simplistic plot and on-screen eye candy makes overcoming the language barrier much more easily for most audience. The movie that we'll be looking at today is the most recent hit in the genre. Its English title is Our Times. Released in 2015, Our Times was one of the highest grossing films in Taiwan that year. The story begins with Truly Lin, a young office lady who is exhausted after dredging through her day. Her boss had just made her stay longer to do some overtime, and she found that her colleagues were making fun of her behind her back. After returning home, she takes a good look of herself in the mirror and reminisces about the old days. She sits down, puts an old cassette tape in the Walkman to listen to the recording of an old radio program, and then she opens a box full of old memorabilia. Her yearning for the old days bring her and us, the audience, back to when she was a high schooler. Things were comparatively simpler, but to a younger Miss Chuli Lin, things were just as complicated and sometimes frustrating. It was a crucial time in her life because she had her first high school crush, a young, handsome, talented boy called Ouyang. And by sheer luck, she found something in common with a boy called Taiyu, who is widely considered to be a delinquent and a number one bully at the school. Both were after someone, and both couldn't quite pluck up the courage to express their feelings. You know, the typical emotional dilemma that young people face. As the story progresses, Truly Lin gradually found herself attracted to the boy she spends the most time with. She found that Taiyu is brash but brave, hard-headed, but clearly he has a generous heart. The two end up talking together, studying together, and sharing the most intimate secrets with one another. And when the opportunities actually presented for them to really go after the persons they were originally interested in, neither one of them had the interest. But just when she felt like things were going well, Taiyu, for reason unknown to her at the time, got involved in another fight with people from a different school. And soon after that, he disappeared without a trace. In Truly Lin's own words, it was a time with no internet, no Google, and no Facebook, so finding someone was next to impossible. Time passes, and things change. Lin has grown into the young woman that she never intended to grow into.
she's not exactly satisfied with where she is, both in terms of her career and her personal relationship. So she finally decides to make a change. She called it quits on her job, and she also called it quits with the boyfriend who she felt didn't appreciate her enough. And at one point, she was struggling to get just a ticket to a local concert to Andy Lau, the biggest Asian pop star, both when she was young and currently. By sheer luck, she bumped into Tai Yu again, who was working for Andy to help him host the concert. The film didn't really have a clear ending, except having the young man and woman, now in their late 20s, looking at each other in the eye and reminiscing about the good time they had. This is all we have time for this episode. In the following episode, we'll get into the elements that really tug on the heartstrings of so many among the audience in Taiwan. Thank you for listening to Lights Camera Asia. I'm Jake Chen. Talk to you next week. Pull yourself together already. It's time to feast. Sit down at the table with Andrew Ryan and Ellen Chu on Feast Meets West. Hello, welcome to the feast, and this is Ellen Chu, and this is Andrew Ryan. And we have in the studio Kirti Sridharan. Hello, I'm here again. <laughs> again, that's right. She's our uh, what are we calling her? VPA. VPA. Very professional associate. Armored car. Uh, <laughs> very professional uh, animal. No. <laughs> so she's our um, volunteer production assistant. I am. Right. Uh, and fabulous job she's done over the past couple of weeks. Uh, and she's going to be here with us uh, through the end of the month. Yes. Yeah. Very as long exciting. as you'll have me. And which is an awkward uh, segue into how patient are you? <laughs> <laughs> they just can't wait for me to leave. <laughs> oh, no. So We're little, very patient. <laughs> we are very yeah. patient. Right. So this episode is called Good Things Who Come to those who wait mm-hmm. we've waited for kirthi all year yes and she's yes, returned be here. finally right but would you guys say you are patient people i think i'm very patient with your kids no not with my kids <laughs> everything else you know i think they come to the point that in the beginning i was very patient but i lost it somewhere <laughs> out there do you ever say you're testing my patience i say that every day <laughs> I said, do you see my eyes opening up wider and wider? Can't you tell my voice is like louder and louder? And then yeah. they're like, why? <laughs> it's like, you don't get it. Wait, wait until you have kids, you'll understand. <laughs> exactly. How about yes. you, Kirithi? Are you a patient person? I'd say, I'd say when it comes to myself, I'm very patient. And so I'm like, all right, you know, growth is a process. Like progress isn't linear. But as soon as someone else does anything that I, and that I have to wait for, I'm like, hurry up. Now, now, immediately. Come on. Come, like, I've been here for five whole seconds. Like, yeah. So I, I try to be patient, and I think I generally outwardly try and project patience, but it doesn't always, it doesn't always work. Mm. <laughs> what I usually do is, like, when I lose my patience, like, you know, waiting for people to do it, if I can get my hands on it, I just do it. Yep. Right. That sounds familiar. Because so... I'm a bit of a control freak, too. So if I have to rely on someone else to get something done in time, that just gives me so much anxiety. I have no right. patience for it. What about you? 
I am a generally patient person. And I think that when I'm feeling impatient, I try to remind myself to be patient. Mm -hmm. And if there's a good reason to be patient, then I usually can control myself. Right. If there's something to look forward to and if there's something that, that can like calm you down. Yeah. yeah, and I'm generally understanding. I look for a good reason for why I'm waiting or mm-hmm. why somebody's making me wait. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, today I just lost my patient with somebody because, you know, I'm applying for like a uh, permit for my uh, school for yeah. a whole year already. Right. My, my original school is permitted. We have right. the certificate, but it's my extended new classrooms that mm-hmm. it needs to be like certified with permit. And usually it should take like three months. And this guy extended like doing my permit for more than a year already. Oh, God. Really? That's, right. That and sounds then political. It's like every time I call the person, no, I'm paying this guy to do the, you know, certification for me. It's going to be free by the time he's done. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the thing is that he's supposed to do all the logistics, do all the paperwork, run for me, right? So I'm paying this guy. Right. And it's like after a half a year, you know, I called him. And I'm like, so what's the deal? I thought it's like three months and it's like half a year already. He's like, oh, it'll be done, you know, like, you know, in a month. And it's been a year. So, you know, today. But you're uh, losing money while you're waiting. Right. Oh, my goodness. Well, hopefully you won't have to wait much longer. Yeah. Uh, So would you lose patient with this kind of people? A long time ago. (laughs) I think you're much more patient than I am. Yeah, I waited for a year. Okay. That's crazy. So then I have another question for you because this is a food show. Okay. (laughs) When it comes to food and waiting for food, how patient are you? I'm very patient. Yeah? So Mm -hmm. if if you ordered something and and it took an hour for them to serve it? If it's good enough. If it's worth waiting for. Right. Definitely. So it really depends on the quality of the food. The only time I'm not patient waiting for food was when I was pregnant. (laughs) Because the hungerness (laughs) is very disturbing. Well, you're hungry enough for two people. That counts for a lot. You know, the baby sends out these signals that make you berserk. Yeah. Yeah. I think if I know in advance I'm going to have to wait, then I'm pretty okay with it. Mm -hmm. If I don't know I'm going to have to wait, if it's only going to, I assume it's going to take 10, Mm -hmm. 15 minutes. And then it takes like an an hour. hour, Yeah. And I'm hungry and I'm standing. (laughs) Would you you stand in line like they said it's an hour and a half late? Nope. I what about what about in the kitchen? Because I, I made a Bakewell tart yesterday, and that has, mm. what, like, three different components that I had to make all from scratch, and I was exhausted by the end of it. <laughs> I, I started it at around 7 p.m., and I was done at 11. <gasps> wow. And so, like, that's how long each of the individual components took, and I'm, like, rolling out pastry and cutting out things and, you know, putting it in at different temperatures to bake the different components, and... But when I took it out and I dusted icing sugar over top, I was like, this was completely worth waiting for Mm -hmm. the whole thing. And the whole time I was doing it, I was like, if this is bad, I'm going to (laughs) be so angry. (laughs) So again, it goes back to, is it worth waiting for? Is it really delicious? So that's what our uh, topic is today. Good things come to those who wait. Uh, In today's show, we're actually going to be featuring a food that requires waiting. Mm -hmm. So what's on our menu today? Okay, in our first course, are you ready for the cold weather? We are going to crack open our Chinese Farmer's Almanac to find out about a micro-season that begins tomorrow, which sounds particularly cold, but 
Is it really as cold as it sounds? Hmm. I don't think we should follow the almanac anymore. <laughs> no, seriously. Climate change. Yeah. Uh, second course, we're going to be introducing a Chinese character that is not only a cooking process, it's also a way to describe waiting. Mm. Plus, Kirthi is going to tell us about the origins of the phrase, good things come to those who wait. Mm. In our third and final course, Andrew is going to serve up something that he hopes he he hopes is worth waiting for. It better be. Pressure is on. Yeah. <laughs> I hope I don't regret this. Okay. We're going to start off with a song about waiting. It's called Dandai Yu San. So, Waiting for the Rain to Disperse. Okay. It's by Wang Fu. All and right. It's in Taiwanese. Wang Fu. All right. We'll have much more to come when the feast continues. <laughs> Kina 你是我上水的梦
on mm. the calendar because straight away after this, we're going to go into like Chinese New Year's. Right. It's going right. to be spring. So that's why at this period of time, people are busying like cleaning up their house and decorating and also making some preserve and you buying know, new underwear. Buying, yeah, buying their you know New Year stuff. You know, these are all making their life like renewed and refreshed. I like that. I like that. It's a it's a time of renewal. Yeah, I've been cleaning up in my house. Have you? <laughs> yeah, I feel like I've been cleaning up for the last year. Yeah, <laughs> just for Chinese New Year. Right, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As one does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So this is the time of the year when you can uh, find a lot of seasonable seasonable produce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you can find things like wax apples at this time of the year, mm-hmm. and also little uh, cherry tomatoes, wow. custard apples, wow. also cantaloupe mm. and tangerines, strawberries. What else do we have here? Oranges. Yes. We have a lot of uh, veggies as well. We've got uh, taro and Chinese mountain yams. Mm-hmm. Onions. 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 We say that en français. Yes. Also, is it? Is it? I don't know. Prunes. I think it's like or something. And we have prunes <laughs> and we have carrots and we have uh, aubergine. And soybeans. Yes. And, and we have like... Uh, Cabbage. Cabbage. <laughs> um, I actually do know what cabbage is in French. It's mon petit chou. Mon my petit little chou. cabbage. That's what my grandma oh. called it. So it's chou. Yeah, I like chou. Is it a little cabbage? Yes. Don't I look like a little cabbage? Oh. Don't answer that. Plausible <laughs> deniability. Don't get into it. Okay. So we're going to um, go into another song here. This is called Denzini Huelai. This is a, oh, a retro song. song. It's by originally by Bai Guang. However, this is a new version of it. It's a Shanghai Restoration Project. And the singer is Zhang Le, actually. So, Waiting for You, which fits in with our theme. Hmm. When we come back, we're going to be talking about the origins of the phrase, Good things come to those who wait. Share some characters with everyone. 
You're a character, Ellen Chu. <laughs> well, I follow you, character. <laughs> okay. So this whole show is built around the concept of waiting,、mm-hmm. and the word for well, one of the words you can use for waiting is also a cooking process,、mm. and that character is ow. Ow! Ow! Yes. Sounds like I hurt myself, <laughs> and、right. I'm not sure. Ow! But in slow motion. <laughs> and I'm not. I'm, and I'm questioning it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So ow, you can say ow yeah, which means、mm. to stay up all night. Right. Very familiar. Yes, as a college student,、mm-hmm. you would be right. That's my whole archetype on that. That's my character. That is、right. your <laughs> character. I love it. Ow, 过去就好了 It means that you know, just stick it up and then. Endure, right? You will endure. Stick it out, yeah. Right, and 媳妇熬成婆 So you know, you might be a daughter-in-law today, but you know, with time, you will become mother-in-law. Yes, right. I'd rather be the daughter-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> really? Right. You don't want to be a mom and the mother-in-law. Oh,、no. so a daughter-in-law is basically. Glee stewed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because it's tough being a daughter-in-law, right? Right. Because、right. mm-hmm. you have、mm-hmm. your mother-in-law watching over you.、Mm-hmm. So they use the word like "ow" to endure, but like it also means like to be stewed, right? Like、over、bones、mm-hmm. turning into bone broth. Ooh, ooh, getting all the essence, essence out, right? Ow, <laughs> ju to boil in water. So that's how we use the word, the character ow as a as a cooking process. You can、right. add the word ju at the end of so it. So it means like with time, you know, if you're patient enough, then you can extract the essence of a certain well ingredient、mm-hmm. or life. Yes.、Mm-hmm. In fact, there's a. I found a funny little image of a person in a big cauldron that's being boiled over a fire, and it says <laughs> a lifetime is formed by stewing to extract the flavor. Wow! So it says, "Renshin hui ao chu lai de." Great! I feel that. Yeah. Do you feel that? Great. I do feel that. Feel、yeah. it, right? I feel like we we change with time, and we kind of have more wisdom piled on、mm. by the passage of time. I, I really like that as an idea because I think we think of、um, we think of growth a lot and、mm-hmm. as as time passes. But it's really nice to know, like, to kind of think of it as us reducing down, you know,、mm. into the very base essence of ourselves and、mm. knowing ourselves better over time. I like that a reduction,、mm-hmm. right? A reduction. Yeah, I'm not Andrew. I'm a reduction of Andrew. <laughs> I'm <Ooh> . Andrew. <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> yeah. Smaller and smaller, <laughs> yes. but more cohesive, right? Yes.、And, um, more. I wanted to say pigmented, but more flavorful. More flavorful, more, more fully of ourselves, right? right? Right. We get rid of the excess,、mm-hmm. like watery bits, right? And just、mm-hmm. leave the flavorful numminess. What's left? Yeah, what's <laughs>、yes. left is the important part, <laughs> right? So, so do you think that the older we are, the, the more nummy we are in terms of like our personality? Like the more fully we are of ourselves, I mean, because usually we think of you're getting older, so maybe you've lost your looks or like you don't、mm. look as great as you did when you were younger. But in terms of personality and like what's in your mind and your heart, I think you're more particular,、mm. right,、mm. with things、mm. because you've been through life and you know. What are important and what are not important. Yeah. So when you see other people do things, you know, you're very particular, and、mm-hmm. people are like, you know, it's like, how do I know what what you want? But you know exactly what you want. <laughs> yeah.、You're、you become picky. Pickier.、Yes. Right. I like the idea of like thinking of a broth as like it's richer. 
Right. Mm. So we've become, you know, richer of personality, richer mm. of self over time. So maybe you need a smaller serving of me. <laughs> wow. Well, dilute you a little. <laughs> right. We are the teaching. Yes. It's like uh, essence of Ellen. Right. Like yes. essence of chicken. Essence. So this all involves waiting, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, in English, we have a phrase, good things come to those who wait. Right. But also, I guess all things come to those who wait or mm-hmm. all good things come to those who wait. <laughs> That's right. the wonderful thing about linguistic variety is that mm. you have all these different versions of these sayings um, all around the world. But um, the most common saying nowadays um, in in the contemporary um, is good things come to those who wait, right? Mm-hmm. But the original of it was um, in the... Uh, 19th century? (laughs) Yeah, uh, Yeah. 1843 is when uh, the poetess who first um, invented or came up with this saying was born. She lived until 1905, so like somewhere in in that time. In in the Um, late 1800s, probably. (laughs) Right, somewhere in there. Um, So Lady Mary Montgomery Curry, um, under her pseudonym Violet Fane, uh, wrote a poem, and uh, she's an English poet, but the title of the poem was in French. If you want to read mm. that out, Andrew? I, mean, I think, our, our I think you French. should. You're our resident French speaker. Toi bien? Toi à qui c'est attendre. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so well, all things come to those who wait. All things come to those who mm-hmm. wait in French. Yeah. So um, I'll read out just this verse. Ooh, you're going to do a recitation. I love it. <laughs> Let me boost your volume. All right. But uh, <laughs> I got the reverb on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go for it. Ah, all things come to those who wait. I say these words to make me glad, but something answers soft and sad. They come, but often come too late. So, yeah. Mm, that <laughs> sounds uh, comes too late. That means you're dead? Potentially. Or a you... lot of a lot of like late 1800s English poetry was about death and existentialism. <laughs> so, tough times, yeah. tough times. Um, yes. I mean, Victorian era, like it was very it was very in then to write about death. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so there's this um like there's this notion of her kind of like saying these words like these words like it'll come to those who wait be patient be patient with yourself to kind of make her happy and be like like make her look forward as opposed to being impatient um but then she thinks that she's talking about like the self-doubt that comes in and says oh but that like there's something sad about that because like Mm. what if i spend my whole life waiting and i don't actually get to have all the things I want. Mm. Um, so somewhere along the line, this was warped into good things come to those who wait. Um, mm. And I think that's, it's a very, it's a very human thing to do to put a positive spin on something so existential. I think mm. you kind of have to, especially when circumstances are so dire, right? right. When it feels yeah. like everything is going to pot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that a, I wonder if that is a cooking reference. Going to pot? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> going in the pot? No. What kind of pot? <laughs> oh my goodness. That's a different show. That's where my brain went to. (laughs) So when we come back on our third course, we're going to have a a food item that I have prepared that took a long, long time to put together. In fact, it took three and a half hours. And Andrew has been so secretive about this food item. So we haven't actually said the name of it yet. What could it be? Well. We're going to find out after this next song. Okay. And this song is called Okay. I can't wait any longer. It's by Ethan Chen Yixun. (laughs) 
去相信你，更相信我自己。时光飞逝，我们还在原地，没有改变。我念旧，我愧疚，但我必须要走。是伤害，时间不会等，我不能害怕，我只能一直往前走。我一直保护你，也爱护。Okay,、mm. we have served up some bone broth. Bone broth.、Yeah, so excited to taste this! Wow. So bone broth is the、uh, trendy way of saying it. Go ahead and have a little. Can taste I have it now?、That. Yes, you may. You're gonna tell us what meat it is before we. <laughs> Why don't you guys have a little? It's not beef. You're fine. Well, yes. <laughs>、okay, go ahead. Chicken broth. Hmm. Hmm. It is not chicken. Oh my god, that is so good. Not chicken. Nope. Fish. No. Nope. You know what it is, Kirthi. I do know what it is, and it's very American of you. <laughs> <laughs> Should I say it?、Mm. Is it turkey? It is turkey. Oh. Can you taste the turkey in there? Does it taste different from chicken? It does. I think chicken is like naturally a little saltier. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, and like a little like fattier. I think. But turkey has a sweet kick, huh? Yeah, a little bit. I'll tell you though, the the, the sweetness comes from. To the other ingredients. So when you make bone broth, you bake the bones first、mm-hmm. to bring out the flavors,、mm. and then you put the, the bones in a big pot with water,、mm-hmm. and then you add veggies.、Mm. And I added three kinds of vegetables, and you do not salt it.、Oh. So you don't ever want to put salt、so、in your broth. So it's naturally salted. Oh,、um, I don't. It doesn't really taste too salty at all. Actually, a little bit. A little bit. It tastes. It, it tastes like a little bit seasoned, but the, it's very right. natural. Like, right.、Mm. Yeah. Like I would. I would season this before I drank it as like a soup. Right.、Mm. Yeah. So I served it up just kind of in its purest form、mm-hmm. because we're gonna. I'm gonna serve you another soup in just a moment that、okay. I used this to make. Wow. So can you think of the three veggies I used? Uh, carrots. Carrots are one. I'm gonna、mm-hmm. say onions. Onions are one. Mm-hmm. Celery. Excellent. Well done, Ellen Chu. Right. Carrots, onion, and celery—those yeah, are the, the celery trifecta.、Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is what you call the、um, 
what is it called? It's a word for it, a French word for it. You, carrots, onions, and celery, you chop them up, and they season all kinds of things like sauces. Mirepoix, <laughs> I think it is. Mi, mi, or mirepoix. Mirepoix, is mirepoix. that what it is? Yeah. Let me have a little look. We're racing towards our phones. Mm-hmm. Um, Black mirror. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, a mirepoix is a flavor base made from diced vegetables that are cooked for a long time in low heat without color or browning. Wow. So it's usually carrots and onions and, this and is celery. Amazing. And celery. All right, I'm going to serve you up another soup that I made using this broth. Are you mm-hmm. guys ready? Ready. Oh, we need mm. that too. We almost forgot. Oh. <laughs> we got our little... <laughs> I've chopped up some green onions, and basically what I've done is I've created a soup with uh, miso and um, the broth. Go ahead and use your fingers. I think that's easiest. Um, And some chopped up, like, fresh tofu, and then some green onions. I put too Mm. much in there. It's okay. How's it taste, Ellen Chew? Yummy. You Mm. have to serve it with the onion. Yes. You need that oniony taste to it. And I think with the miso, then you get the saltiness that you're lacking mm, with right. just the broth. Miso is notoriously salty. So. Wow. Mm. And it's umami. It you get the is. umami flavors. Mm. That is phenomenal. Wow, I got a phenomenal off of that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is... This is... This is soothing. It's mm. soothing, right? It's a right. good. It warms you down to your toes. It's mm-hmm. a good thing to have during um, big or major during cold. Major cold, mm-hmm. yeah. Is that happening right now? It's not happening, but you know, it is. It, it is. It, is. It's it starts tomorrow. But yes. The temperature is not happening. <laughs> but the thing is that we're sitting in the studio with aircon on and drinking this mm-hmm. makes me feel that we're in winter time. Very cozy. Yeah. yeah. I think making your own broth also. It makes a difference with this soup too, right? I mm-hmm. think so. What do you think? Yeah, you can it's always natural. taste the store brought of like bouillon cubes uh-huh. and things like that. This is lovely. I was concerned that turkey would give it a strange or unacceptable flavor, but I, it, I don't think it makes a difference at all. It really no. doesn't. I like it. You could use also, of course, a fish broth, mm-hmm. you know, for, for miso, which is the more Japanese, common. The Japanese, right. Yeah. The Japanese people use that. But uh, apparently or chicken. Seaweed. Or seaweed. Uh, seaweed, yeah. You can make a quinbu. Mm-hmm. Uh, broth. Right. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Time for address. That's right. Was that worth waiting for? Yes. Absolutely. It's worth it. Okay. <laughs> and there's so much tryptophan in there. We're all going to go to sleep right after this. <laughs> exactly. Turkey, I think, right? Yeah. Uh. I think I'm just like in a daze right now. Okay. <laughs> P.O. Box 123-199 Taipei, Taiwan. Email us at androo at rti.org.tw and... That's right. Next Saturday on The Feast, we're going to be offering another food that will keep you warm during major cold. How about a hint? Well, it sounds sort of like a package, Ooh. and you can find versions of it all over the world. It looks mm, like a package. It doesn't okay. really sound like a package. <laughs> or a purse. Yeah, a purse. Okay. A little bundle. All right. <laughs> for your mouth. Okay, so we have our final song right here waiting, and this is by Lee Joja, Nikki Lee. I was going to play the Richard Marks version, and then I thought maybe we'll go for an update. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great song, though. I really yeah. like it. For Feast News House, I'm Andrew Ryan. And this is Ellen Chu. I'm Kirithu Shri Lauren. See you next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Oceans apart Day after day And I slowly go insane I hear your voice On the line 
This is Radio Taiwan International. Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6180 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6180 kHz. And in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.